Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. <laughs> Level 3, this is Sports Rage. Sirius XM Channel 159 Sports Good Radio Networks are just talking about. Josh Jacobs and his contract. So as I stated, I don't know what the Raiders are thinking here. And I'm not criticizing the Raiders and saying, oh, I don't know what the hell they're thinking. I don't know. Right? But it could backfire on the Raiders. Like if the Raiders the Raiders figured, you know what? We're not going to sign him next year. Or we're not actually ever going to give him this long-term deal. So he's going to be angry. This is what I'm thinking. Right? They know. Listen. If you force a guy, if you tell him, even though it's ten million dollars, a lot of money, but still, he's you know he was a stud. He's he's you know what I mean he led the league in, in all these categories. So if you tell him, listen, take it or leave it, you get ten point one million dollars, and if you don't show up by September the tenth, you know what? Were you that's where you you're not getting paid. And he was kind of screwed. When Josh Jacobs isn't rich enough, this isn't like James Harden, right? James Harden can actually say, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to play in China. I don't need you anyways. I already have $300 million in the bank, right? I don't need you. Josh Jacobs needs to get paid. So the Raiders could have just said, dude, we're paying you $10.1 million to play football for a year. If you don't want it, whatever, man. Have fun watching on TV. Fine. They could have did that. And look, Saquon Barkley said, oh, go F yourselves. And then two days later, he took the money, realizing I need the $10 million, right? So, you know, what am I going to do? They, you know, they, these teams have, yeah, listen, it's, is it fair? No, this this whole stuff, but whatever. The NFLPA sucks. So, so Josh Jacobs would, would have been screwed and would have had to take the $10.1 million, and he would have taken it, and he would have showed up. But, but. He would have been disgruntled. And look at Jonathan Taylor, right? He showed up, and then, oh, I'm hurt. I'm not high. You know what I mean? It's not a healthy situation when you force a guy to play on 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 these things. Unless you tell him behind the scenes, we promise you we're not going to screw you. Look at Lamar Jackson, right? It got hostile. So maybe the Raiders are thinking, you know what? We're not really going to pay him $14 million a year next year, and we're not giving him a long-term deal, but we don't want to lose him right now. And if we just force him to pay for play for $10.1 million, he's going to be in a bad mood, and he's our best player, along with Devontae Adams, but we need him. And let's just give him the 12 and make him happy, right? And what, But the thing is, now that he's been paid 12 next year, the minimum he can make if they franchise, franchise tag him is 14. So in other words, if you're Jacobs, you just got $12 million. Next year, you know I'm either getting 14 from the Raiders and or I'll go somewhere else because they, if they don't do it, they're going to have to let me go. So if you're Josh Jacobs' agent and management company, you did a great job for your client here. Like, it's one of these deals where, like... The Raiders either got played and or, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the Raiders didn't get played and the Raiders are thinking what I just said, that we're not going to really give him $14 million a year or some big contract. And we can get him for 12 now 
He's going to be happier instead of feeling like he was forced at the 10. So he gets the 12. And we'll worry about it next year. Let's roll. It's level three. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morensi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people, the bustler, with everybody else in between. Let's do this thing. Countdown to kickoff is on. College football has already begun, but the National Football League regular season is rapidly approaching. We are now just 10 days away uh, from National Football League uh, football. But the college uh, card, it was great to have it back. We saw the USC Trojans beat the San Jose State Spartans 56-28. to So do the math. In other words, the San Jose Spartans backdoored uh, this football game. They didn't go away. And our boy Matthias in Master Control, who actually uh, played soccer at uh, Hawaii with the Bulls, uh, sent me a tweet of Timmy Chang's postgame speech telling, telling his football team that whoever's on our schedule is on alert right now after watching us play uh, tonight. And I feel the same way. I think the Bulls are going to be a tough out moving forward when they get into conference play. But I tell you what, I feel the same thing about San Jose State. I think the Mountain West is going to be a lot of fun uh, this year, guys. San Jose State, yeah, they lost 56-28. They also lost in Los Angeles against Caleb Williams and some kid, Zachariah Branch, that like runs like you know Willie Galt and Reggie Bush. So 56-28, I think San Jose State showed something. I, I, I think they showed us something, that they're going to be a play on team. San Diego State, it wasn't pretty, but hey, they got the W, and you know, this team looks like they're going to be a competitive football team uh, this year, and as I stated, the Mountain West Conference looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, and as far as the Bulls are concerned, I said, come on, man, they lost 63-10 last year to this team. They lost 63-10. How much could they have closed the gap? You're going on the road, yeah, what did you travel? 2,900 miles or whatever it was. Going on the road, there was like delays. Your your dressing room was a freaking tent. You know, we think the the Arizona Coyotes uh, facilities is subpar. So basically, Vanderbilt's got the teams like you know, getting dressed in the parking lot. There was the delay, and they didn't go away. They didn't go away, man. The Commodores were up by 21 at one point in the second half, and you'd think, you know what? Here we go. Commodore's going to cover the number. The Bows played like Warriors. Ian Cameron steps up and in. Let's talk more football. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Sunday, buddy, Sunday continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenzi. Service X, I'm Channel 159 of the Sports Grid Radio Network. Let's bring in Ian Cameron, A.K. Babano. Week zero is no more. The day started with Notre Dame thrashing the Naval Academy, and the night ended with Louisiana Tech's comeback outright to win against a Florida International. College basketball 
is rapidly approaching as well. The college football season is here. The NHL season is is right around the corner. NBA basketball preseason, it's going on. Ian Cameron steps up and in to break it all down. But, Ben, always a pleasure. How you doing tonight? I love this time of year, Gabe. Of course, uh, college football is now kicked off. NFL is going to be it starting in a couple weeks. We're uh, a month and a half away from hockey and basketball and CFL's midway part of the season where things start heating up. So it's a great time of year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the Tyson Fury-Naganu fight, actually, as well. And that's sort of now kind of around the corner in late October. So uh, CFL uh, football uh, was... Um, was a interesting week uh, this week, and we'll get into that uh, with Ian Cameron. A.K. Babano is the Edmonton Elks, of course, have ended their 22-game home losing streak. But let's start off on the college uh, grid. Uh, Babano, how did you do on Saturday with Week Zero? Meh. I mean, that's the way to describe the uh, betting results, at least for me, with college football. Meh. It was up and down. We had, we had some wins. We had some losses. Uh, pretty much came up close to even for the day. Uh, some ups and downs. Um, some ups were obviously taking Florida International, and I'll, I, I got to start with that game, and you would think talk Notre Dame, talk USC, the big teams that were in action on Saturday, but I got to start with that game because I know for a fact, Gabe, I'm never in a million years going to ever cash a ticket again with a team to cover the number when their quarterback throws four passing yards in the game. Four passing yards. Five for 16 he was. Grayson James, Florida international quarterback, somehow threw for four passing yards and they almost won the game straight up as a 12-and-a-half-point dog. They covered. Louisiana Tech came back at the end. But, I mean, in spite of a non-existent passing game, I somehow got a winner with FIU Saturday. Yeah, we cash a ticket with FIU plus the points. I took the in-game under watching the football game, knowing that, yes, this game is not going to get into the, the 50s. But like you, it was hit or miss. And, you know, listen, it was a tough week. It wasn't exactly the uh, the best board. We felt compelled to bet it. In hindsight, I probably shouldn't have bet every game <laughs> like I did. And I ended up going, I ended up going seven and five. I did a video, I went five and five. So it's the definition of meteorocrity. Um, you know what hurt me was the uh the Vanderbilt game. Like I was five and three, Babano. Like, you know what I mean? That was the swing. Cause I gave and I took and I actually bet it. Everything I put in the video, I actually bet. I took Vanderbilt in the first half, minus 10. They were up by seven at the half. I laid 17 and even 17 in the game. And when they took that, uh, they took a 21-point lead, man. It was kind of early in the fourth quarter. They were up by 21. And I thought, you know what? We missed out on the first half, but I think we're going to be able to nail this thing down and cover the spread. But let's give credit to Hawaii for not tapping out. And they're going to be a play-on team in conference play. You know, they go on the road like that. That was an easy spot for them. And they showed a lot not tapping out late in that football game. Yeah, they sure did. I mean, they went 5-1 and one ATS down the stretch last year. I think 8-1 and one now, dating back to last season, uh, ATS in their last nine games. And that's been a characteristic that I've taken notice of going back to last year. They'd be in games, and they'd be down double digits, and there they are coming back, trying to get back into the game, if not win it. You know, the defense is... The defense is still a little bit of a soft spot for Hawaii, but one thing about them is they bent, but they didn't break at times against Vanderbilt. I think their offense could end up being pretty good, especially when they face, you know, t teams closer to their t caliber level in the Mountain West. I mean, I think Braden Shager's capable. They've got some running backs that are good runners. Sims did a great job running the ball. They've got some receivers. The O-line is improved. They're going to be able to score some points, and that was probably the game that did me best on Saturday was that game because I – I know there was 90% of the people I talked to were on Vanderbilt, so I was on the other side. I took the 18 with Hawaii and the over as well, so that was definitely the game that gave me my most profits on uh, Saturday. Yeah, I was upset that I left the total on the table, and I talked about it, and it was one of those deals where, you know, as they were scoring, I was like, man, last last year Vanderbilt put up 63. We didn't think they were going to put up 63 again, but they put up more than the total themselves, and I just couldn't get a good in-game number. It was like, man, I missed out on it, and suddenly it was 63 and a half, and then it got up into the 70s. It was all over the place, uh, that in-game number. Uh, Thursday night football, we've got Thursday night games uh, this week collegiately. As You know, week zero was like the appetizer. You sit, you sat down at the restaurant. You started off uh, with, with a mini appetizer. Now we've got a couple of more apps coming on Thursday night. Kent State and Central Florida. Central Florida lay 37 points. The total is 57 and a half. NC State and uh, UConn is an interesting game that a lot of people have been betting the UConn Huskies. 
and people that are betting a UConn Husky game weeks in advance are probably the same people that were right about UMass, and I got to tip my cap to the UMass uh, betters. But NC State's down to 15 uh, right now. Babano would actually hit 14 and a half at some spots, but it's 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 hovering at 15 uh, right now. The game of the night on Thursday night last year, uh, they played in Gainesville. Now they're playing in Utah, Florida, and the Utah Utes up to six and a half. Nobody knows what the hell is going on with the Utah U quarterback situation anymore. Total is 46. And uh, the Matt Rule era begins on Thursday night. Conference game for the Nebraska Cornhuskers against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Gophers are laying seven and a half. The total is 43 and a half. Yeah, and the first game for Gus Johnson this year with uh, Joel Klatt, that Nebraska-Minnesota game uh, on uh, Thursday night. Uh, when you look at that, I'll start with that one. I, I'm back and forth. I think Nebraska that much. You, you love you love yourself some Gus Johnson. If that's like the first thing you tell us about the game, like Gus Johnson, I'm like, what? I'm like, well, he doesn't, obviously, he doesn't do the weeknight games very often, but I, I definitely took note of that. And uh, But I think because it's a Big Ten spotlight primetime game, they decided to give that game to him. I think I'm going to take Nebraska here. I mean, I don't think Nebraska is going to be a team that I'm looking to bet on week in and week out. And I still think there's going to be, it's not going to be, they're going to be eight or nine wins this year. I don't think so. But I think in this game, we're asking Nebraska to stay within one score. They're getting seven and a half. I mean, people think that that are following this Minnesota program based on what I've read, Gabe, they think actually that Kaliakmanis, this Greek stallion, a quarterback for them, uh, might actually have a better arm than Tanner Morgan. I'm going to have to see it until I believe it, before I believe it, um, you know, because it's been such a pedestrian offense. And to me, it's always a little tough to trust this team to win games by margin. And from what I've seen, Nebraska's defense actually could be a lot better. You know, Matt Rule, the one thing we've seen with him at Baylor and Temple, he's taken over teams that have had pretty bad teams and even worse defenses, and he's gotten them to be better. And it's not like they're facing an Ohio State, you know, right out of the gate or a Michigan, you know, an explosive offense that's just going to overwhelm them. You know, I don't think Minnesota's offense is built that way. And when I look at the Nebraska quarterback situation, their O-line's actually in decent shape. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Matt Rule is able to get from the quarterback spot here uh, in this opener. Uh, turning, of course, now to uh, Jeff Sims, who's going to be the uh, quarterback, very experienced, going back to his days at Georgia Tech. Um, you know, but he has that experience factor. I just think I'm, I'm interested in getting more than a touchdown here in this spot with the Cornhuskers because I've still got some serious question marks about everything to do with Minnesota's offense. I understand your your reservations and your doubts. I think that there could be some growing pains with Matt Rule, with the Huskers. We've seen the pattern with him before. We all know year one, year two, year three, et cetera. There's going to be a rebuilding process. But I'm somewhat sort of weary as well. Like the, the Gophers aren't the type of team that I'm running to the window to lay seven and a half, eight points uh, with in conference play in the first game of the year. And I'll tell you what, man, Matt, the Matt Rule era is not an easy start uh, for this football team to battle. Going on the road to start against the Minnesota Golden Gophers on Thursday night. And then, of course... They go to Boulder and they play Dion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes on Saturday, September the 9th. Those are their first two games of the year. No doubt. Very difficult schedule. I think we talked about UConn already a few times. You know I like UConn. I think you're kind of leaning that way as well. I think they're going to be improved. I think when you look at NC State coming into this season, their defense, which was good last year under Dave Doran, they lost a lot on the defensive side of the football. Now, I know they get Brennan Armstrong from Virginia, you know, an adequate replacement to Devin Leary, who transferred out, but still learning a new offense. I do like Leary, that they brought Robert. Leary's Kine. better than he is, I think. Like, yeah, yeah I'm not going to say it's a massive downgrade, but at the same point in time, could be more growing pains. All right, hold on, uh, Babano. we got more college football. There's games on Friday night, too. Interesting scheduling spot for uh, Hawaii, actually, after playing on Saturday. The delay, they're up on Friday night. Uh, more with Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano on the other side, the late-night anchor man. This is Portrait. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Sunday, bloody Sunday. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morancy, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, and the vandals, and everybody else in between. We're talking college football uh, right now. Countdown to kickoff is on in the National Football League. Less than two weeks away from the start of the regular season. The preseason is done, but we've got uh, games on Thursday night. And, uh, Babano, I brought up the Florida-Utah game. A lot of confusion about the quarterback situation. And I'm not one of these people. I can't uh, – I don't lie about what uh, I take on the show – I wish that I did, but the I got, I promise you, bro, the sports books hate this. They've had so many different numbers for this Florida Utah game, man. It went up to nine and a half, down to four and a half. Like now it's six and a half. They are gonna get so middled by people that have money to drop nickels and dimes on these games. A band will go, I'll take it at nine and a half. Oh, I'll buy it back at four and a half. Oh, I'll take it at six and a half. They're gonna get middled so hard, the sports books on this game. But now the money's coming back, and I think the feeling is, I don't know, maybe Cam Rising is playing. It's up to six and a half again. This is the one game on Thursday. I don't know. I, I probably am not betting it. There's just too much uncertainty with uh, Utah. I'll give you a strong lean, though. I, I, I don't want Florida, okay? I didn't want Florida even at 10. I didn't want Florida at nine and a half, and I definitely didn't want Florida at seven or de- when it got <laughs> down to four and a half, even with the uncertainty at quarterback for Utah. Cam Rising's telling everybody in the media that he plans on playing Thursday. Like, he's going to do everything in his power to be out there and be yeah, ready. Yeah, but we're play. not sure Whittingham's going to let him play, and I'm That's not sure true. they should yeah. let him play. I don't think they need him, but that there's a lot in the air right now. He hasn't practiced enough to play either, I think. He hasn't, and if it's not him, because they have three quarterbacks that got a lot of reps in fall camp. Brandon Rose is not going to be available, but he was probably the three quarterback. QB2, Bryson Barnes, you know, is a guy that has played games for Utah sparingly last year, but he got into six games, 64% completions, 37 of 57, four touchdowns, two INTs. It's not bad for a guy that didn't get a ton of playing time. He'd be the guy to play Thursday night if uh, Cam Rising's uh, not good to go. One thing I will not do, though, especially when Florida's not getting the number they were getting months ago, especially now, I'm not taking Florida in this offense. This offense, to me, is a problem coming into the year. They've got turmoil on the O-line, a lot of changes there. I'm not sure about the skill positions at wide receiver. And more than anything, I simply do not trust the Wisconsin transfer, Graham Mertz, from everything I've seen from him when he was with the Badgers, on the road against a very good defense in a tough environment. I don't trust him, flat out. I will not be on Florida, could only lean Utah in this game. And it is a revenge spot. Like, for people that, you know, don't remember, Florida won the game last year because of Anthony Richardson. And Anthony Richardson, say what you will about Anthony Richardson in college, he was erratic, but Graham Mertz ain't no Anthony Richardson. Like, put it this way, Babano, I'll bet you a million dollars right now, and I'll sign I'll sign the papers saying, all right, we'll, we'll do the money in installments. Mertz is not going to be the fourth pick in the NFL draft, right? So no. that's something like, they, you know what I mean? But they do like him. It's still a tough spot. And listen, I've got SEC guys on the show, and they're even hesitant. Like guys from Florida, like it doesn't matter who the quarterback of Utah is. They can't stop uh, Utah's rushing attack anyways. Well, and that's the thing. You're always going to get Utah running the football. That doesn't change offense. their game plan who the quarterback is, Babano, right? I mean, I get it. Rising's better than the other guys, but they're still a load to deal with no matter who the quarterback is. There's no question about it. And they have a terrific, like, stable of backs uh, here. And uh, Micah Bernard and Jaquindon Jackson, you know, these two backs that Utah have, they're going to be a handful. And I think there's definitely – and Utah always brings out a great offensive line. We know they're stout in the trenches. They are every year under this coach, Kyle Whittingham. And I expect – 
uh, a lot of the same here. And Florida does have question marks about the interior of their defensive front and their ability to match up against a powerful, potent rushing attack. And on the road in a night game in Salt Lake City, Utah here, I mean, I get the hesitancy to want to lay these points with Utah given the rising status, but as I said to you, Gabe, there's nothing that could get me to bet Florida here. It would be a Utah or nothing type of game for me. You know, with all these other glamour schools going from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten, but battle, the one team that actually would have fit in, they're going to the Big 12 instead, which is smart for them, actually. From a monetary standpoint, it's, it's you know, they're going to make money. But also, Big 12 teams are going to also have a hard time dealing with Utah's power attack. But Utah is basically like a Big Ten team, right? They play Big Ten-style football, and it's crazy to say that, well, yeah, come on, the Florida Gators are going to be, like, you know, out physical by a Pac-12 team. But, yeah, they will, right? That's that's what Utah does, and, you know, that that's Utah's strength. So I've looked at uh, the Thursday games, you know, because, you know, they've been the sort of the bigger ones on deck after week zero. I haven't I haven't paid too much attention to the Friday card yet, Babano. I've looked at the Saturday card a bit, but Friday's card, Central Michigan. We have a lot. We, we've got some state uh, some state games here. Uh, my Chippewas, my the chips getting 14 and a half. I remember the good old days uh, when we used to be able to get like 27 and a half. But yeah, Central Michigan getting 14 and a half against Sparty. Michigan State total 47 and a half. Miami, Ohio, um, go to Miami, Florida. Miami, Florida laying uh, 16 points before their big tilt. They've got AM and uh, coming up on deck around the corner. You got the Louisville Cardinal laying eight points on the road in Atlanta against Georgia Tech on Friday, Babano. And I mentioned the Hawaii uh, travel spot that they're in. Going back home Friday night hosting the Stanford Cardinal. Cardinal lay four points in that game. Yeah, so I do like Central a little bit at plus 14 and a half. And, you know, Central's not going to be very good this year, I don't think. Uh, and remember, they lost Daniel Richardson, uh, who's transferred out. Um, and they've got some question marks. But one thing about Central is, you know, that I don't know if they've got nearly the kind of question marks Michigan State has. And they're the team laying a bunch of points. So we're going to have to see what Jace Bauer does is at the uh, quarterback spot. Uh, taking over, but it looks like Jim McElwain said there could be a split in this game between him and Bert Emanuel, who have been battling for the job. But Michigan State lost Peyton Thorne. Peyton Thorne's at Auburn now. You know, so when you look at Michigan State's situation, they're breaking in a new quarterback. They've got concerns along the offensive line. We know Michigan State last year defensively wasn't good. You know, the offensive line was just a disaster, uh, especially in terms of giving up pressure on the quarterback. To me, it's just in a rivalry game like this. I don't, I don't think Central Michigan's particularly good, but I've got every bit the questions I have about Michigan State that make me very, very uh, hesitant to want to lay more than two touchdowns with them. So for that reason, I did land on Central Michigan for a bit of a small bet. Louisiana, Georgia Tech, I thought for sure I was going to lay the points with Louisville because I really like this Louisville team uh, this season, and a lot of people do. Uh, there's no question. Jeff Brom, we love him. He's a great coach. We know what he's done elsewhere, Western Kentucky and Purdue. And usually there's immediate improvement when he takes over a program. And he's got a quarterback that he's very familiar with from his Purdue days and Jack Plummer, who's taking over. I think they're stout on both sides of the ball. But the more I look into this game, Marenzi, the more I think Georgia Tech might be better this year than some people think. I mean, obviously, it's been a really rough go for Georgia Tech football. Jeff Collins era was a disaster. Uh, I'm not saying Brent Key is going to be the answer, but, you know, when you look at Georgia Tech, I think the defense could actually be pretty solid. Uh, they bring the offensive line, you know, brings back a lot of experience. And Haynes King is going to come in here as the quarterback. And I think he's going to be the starter from what I'm seeing. Texas A&M transfer. Look, he didn't live up to expectations there at College Station, but you know how sometimes change of scenery can help. So it's kind of a bet on versus bet on here. I'm I'm high on Louisville. I'm probably a little bit higher on Georgia Tech than some people. So it's a tough game for me to bet that one. Yeah, you know what? As you mentioned about King, that's a good get uh, for them. It didn't work out at Texas A&M, but it's not – you can't say it's a bad thing for a program like Georgia Tech to get a big-time college quarterback recruit uh, with the talent that uh, that he has that they just did. And then Babano, Saturday's card, then it starts to get realer after all this talk about Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes. They're now getting 21 against TCU in Fort Worth. That game is uh, 12 o'clock Eastern, so it's part of the early slate. The Michigan Wolverines are up. They lay 36 points without uh, Jim Harbaugh 
on the sidelines. Interesting game, too, on Saturday, looking at just even the early slate here, Babano. Virginia are getting 28 going to, uh, to, to Knoxville for Tennessee, but that Boise State-Washington game is an interesting one. 3.30 Eastern time. I'm very high on the Washington Huskies uh, this year. I think Boise State are also going to be a better football team. I think they're they're back on track a bit, Boise, here. Total is a 58 and a half. That's going to be a track meet, Babano. I, I think Washington and Boise State are going to be able to put some points on the board. Babano's going to rejoin us on Wednesday night, and uh, we'll, we'll get into Babano's best bets uh, college of football. But let's wrap up with some CFL football, uh, Babano. The... the uh, the streak is over. 1,415 days. The Edmonton Elks win on their home field for the first time in a football game that you figure a team that lost 22 straight home games would not have been favorites, but the odds makers were not surprised. They were one-point favorites tonight, but we were on the Elks like we were on the Elks in their last game, and this thing is real right now with Trey Ford. It's not every day you can be on multiple shows all week long and call for a team's 22-game home losing streak to end. But that's was that was me all week long saying this is the spot. This is where Edmonton's going to do it, and they did 30 to 20. Trey Ford's been great. Uh, he's been absolutely spectacular. It's making the coaching staff look like absolute buffoons, to be quite honest with you, that they had him sitting on the sideline for as long as uh, he was. But he's getting better, too. He's escaping pressure. He's keeping his eyes downfield, making these great throws. And then his speed cannot be simulated. It is lethal. And it is uh, he just ran the Ottawa defense ragged. Uh, they couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop him from running it. The, he shredded that porous, terrible Ottawa secondary all night. He's the real deal right now, and Edmonton is one of those teams. They're bet on, and their games are worth a bet over the total right now until further notice with this much-improved offense. And shout-out to Jarius Jackson, the new OC. He deserves credit, too. Balancing everything's run to the pass. He's calling great games, calling great plays. Uh, they've got it going now on offense, and they're dangerous moving forward, this team. Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano, kicking it with us, and we'll talk, uh, we'll break down week 13 of cfl action on wednesday night man i can't believe it's week 13 and i can't believe we're out of time right now as well but battle always a pleasure we'll catch up with you on a wicked wednesday always good to be with you gabe we'll talk wednesday sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. We're on the Canadian Olympic basketball team. Yep, it's just that easy. Wow, that was close. You can be the center. <clears throat> the late night anger management class. Perfect segue into the FIBA World Cup. More overnight action. Good news, bad news. <laughs> good news, bad news. It's good. It's good. Uh, but it means, oh boy. You know what? We've had a uh, we've had a long week. We've had a long month. We've had a long life. I don't know if I'm up for another another overnight um, 
another overnight bender uh, tonight of world international basketball. But as I always say, if they're going to go out of their way and actually play games, the least we can do is bet them. But all kidding aside, we do have action coming up in about an hour and 20 minutes time live. Uh, Jaina. China and South Sudan. Listen, last week I said, or last week, whatever, the other night, you know, Sunday, I guess it was Friday when the tournament was starting. I said, man, South Sudan, really, huh? they're favored against uh, their favorites huh? against Puerto Rico. Huh? I was like, I don't know why. I don't really get this. And and the game ended up uh, going to overtime. Um, South Sudan were a hell of a lot better than I thought they were. I'll tell you that. They're playing China. China got lit up in their first game. I look at this game, and I see 157 and a half, and that's a pretty light number right there. It's a. I think we can get there with these teams. Yeah, China. China struggled offensively in their first game, uh, but they were playing Serbia. Serbia are good. All right. So China lost 105 to 63. They, they never scored more than 20 points in a quarter. So that's why this number is so light. But South Sudan and Puerto Rico, they went to overtime. It was a track meet. It was 101-96. So I think that China now will be better offensively not playing against a team as good as Serbia. Let's not confuse South Sudan and Serbia here. right? So I think China will be better offensively and be able to score more against South Sudan than they did against uh, Serbia. And I think South Sudan, these guys showed they can score. And they scored They scored on Puerto Rico. You know, Puerto Rico are in a basketball power, but they're not terrible. And South Sudan, you know, took them to the brink, 101-96. They were leading most of the game, to be honest. I like the I like the over here, 157.5 in this game. <clears throat> I don't want to lay 7.5 with South Sudan. But that's what the, that's what the point spread is. I will take the over 157 and a half. That game's coming up at 4 a.m. Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific. Venezuela and uh, Cape, uh, Cape Verde are playing. I don't have a lot of interest in this game in the sense that we're not betting every game in the World Cup. There's like 300 of them. <laughs> if we, now, I'm not saying we're going to dismiss it, but is there an angle here? Is there is there something that makes us say, you know what? Listen, the total is light at 149.5. Venezuela played Slovenia and Luka Doncic. They lost 185. So they did score 85 points against uh, a pretty good Slovenian team. Cape Verde got smoked by Georgia, 85-60. I don't want to just say, you know what, blindly bet the over every game here. But this number feels a little light. And honestly, Venezuela should cover the number. It was seven. It's seven and a half now. I think the line move is right. I'll play it. I mean, I'm such I'm such a, you know. Oh, I'm not going to bet every game. I'm not going to stay up every night. Wrong, wrong. So give me, um, and you know what? We've got a video feed for all these games. <laughs> so, <laughs> like a direct feed. So like basically every one of them, which is like probably bad for me, but it's like I can I can watch the China-South Sudan game without like, you know, any effort. All I got to do is just turn it on type of deal. So I got China and South Sudan coming up here. I'll go over 157 and a half. I think Venezuela will cover against Cape Verde. The total is uh, 149 and a half. I think the game's going to go over the number. New Zealand are playing Jordan. So obviously New Zealand are going to enjoy this game a lot better than they did playing against the United States. Although they kind of hung around at first. And we should have taken that. We should have taken New Zealand like in the first quarter and stuff like that. We, the U.S., I kind of thought they would start off a little slow. The USA ended up beating uh, New Zealand 99-72. One thing I did lose on, I hit um, I hit a couple of, we, we had a good night, but we've been doing well with the FIBA, but Anthony Edwards only scored 14 points. Paulo Bancaro was the leading scorer for the United States in this game. Brandon Ingram had two points. That's the thing with international play, man. Like, you never really know until it happens. 
I'm not saying, oh, Brandon Ingram. I, I'm a big Brandon Ingram fan. I think the Pelicans are a play-on team, but he only scored two points. Anthony Edwards scored 14. Yeah, it turned into a blow. Bancaro ended up with the most points. But if you're the U.S., it wasn't like, oh, yeah, you know what? That was great. You know what I mean? I think they sort of walk away thinking, we're lucky we played New Zealand. Uh, 99-72. Well, they get Greece coming up. Jordan, speaking of Greece, Jordan lost to Greece. So the same teams are playing each other in this group. Uh, Jordan lost to Greece 92-71. So they got to 100 and, uh, 163. This this is a tough game. This, to me, this is tough. I think, I think it's going to come down to, I think it'll be a close game. I don't think New Zealand are good enough to, to win by eight. I think Jordan can hang around in this game, and once again, I think the total is uh, is manageable at 160 and a half. Although I would say if I had to take one, I would go with Jordan instead. Like it wouldn't shock me if this game like got in like if only one of the teams got into the 80s. You know what I mean? Like it's good. Most of these totals are super sharp, except with the exception of like Canada, who are smoking everybody and making a mockery of the total. Um, like the totals have really been really close, guys. Like I'm I'm a DJ and I've been watching all these games and betting on a lot of them. Like a lot of these totals, like wow, it's a good thing I bought that half point. And you can buy half points with this stuff, and points if you want. So you know what? Let's go with Jordan plus the seven and a half and the over one sixty and a half. Another over. Cote d'Ivoire are, are playing Iran, the Ivory Coast. They played Spain and they got smoked. 94-64. Iran got smoked 100 to 59 to Brazil. <laughs> so <laughs> pick your poison. Pick your poison here. I'm not betting this game. Like I said, I can't bet every game. Like, at some point, like all right, I'm, I'm going to pass on the Iran game. All right, don't hold it against me. Nothing personal against the Iranians or uh, the Cote d'Ivoire Ivory Coast, but I don't want to lay six and a half points with the Ivory Coast. And I don't. I'm not that rich. I'm not betting this game. Georgia and Slovenia. Interesting. Interesting. Slovenia. People are like, oh, Georgia, Slovenia. Well, yeah, Slovenia. Georgia and Slovenia, and when we talk about Slovenia, Luka Doncic. Luka's uh, point prop is 29 and a half points. Dear God. That's not, like, that's... <laughs> Remember I told you guys last week? I said the, 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 the bigger the game and stuff, like the more he sort of says, give me the ball in international play. 29 and a half. Georgia smoked Cape Verde in their first game. And then, you know, we've got uh, Slovenia, who we talked about beating up on uh, Venezuela. Doncic scored 37 points in that game. So to put in context, it's 29 and a half. He scored, he scored 37 in the last one. We should also note point differential matters in this tournament. So that's why you're seeing teams, they don't let up, right? Their point differential matters. Puerto Rico and Serbia. This game, this game should be a track meet. Both the look, both these teams got over a hundred points in their first game. Both these teams play a quick tempo. There's not going to be a lot of defense here. The total is only 172 and a half. Let's go with the over in this game. I like the over in the Greece USA game. Greece beat Jordan 92-71. So they put up 92 points. They're not going to put up 92 against the U.S., but they're going to score. Look, like uh, New Zealand scored 72. So I would imagine that Greece probably get, you know, 78, 80 type of deal. And the U.S.A. should get into the hundreds here. I'm curious to see what the team totals uh, are. Just for the record, as far as the game is concerned, the USA are minus 23.5 points. The total is 179.5. So as I stated, like I think that USA are 23.5 point favorites. I've got Greece scoring 70, in between 75 and 80 points. 
and the U.S. should get to like 100, 105, 108, or you know what I mean, in 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 that range, which would put us over the number. So I like Greece and the USA to go over the number. I don't want to lay 23 and a half points. Greece don't have Giannis. It was interesting with Greece. Greece starters didn't play well, and their bench played really well, and their coach just left the starters in, uh, left the starters on the bench. So the bench actually played more uh, for for Greece. They're going to be all fired up for this game. The game's in Manila in the Philippines. But the U.S. Listen, the USA is going to win the game. But by how many? I wouldn't lay the twenty-three and a half. It wouldn't shock me if the U.S. won by eighteen. Uh, Thonis, the other uh, the other Greek uh, freak's brother, is playing. So Anthony, I lost with Anthony Edwards in the first game. I said I thought he was going to be the leading scorer in the tournament. He only had fourteen points. The game turned into like he did play. About 23 minutes or so. Kerr distributed the minutes pretty evenly. But Bancaro scored the most points. It is what it is. You know, Bancaro scored late more. I still believe in Anthony Edwards being the scorer on this team. And I think they're going to step it up today. Greece is a tougher challenge than uh, New Mexico, uh, than uh, New Mexico, New Zealand. College football. Uh, New Zealand is. Like, New Zealand aren't terrible, terrible. They're all right. You know what I mean? But uh, Greece, Greece are actually pretty good. So this this is a, you know this is a tougher game. I'm I'm going with Anthony Edwards over 17 and a half. So let's bet the over 179 and a half in the game, and let's go. Let's go uh, with Anthony Edwards over 17 and a half points. And I'll tell you what, if he doesn't score more than 17 and a half points tonight, I'm done with Anthony Edwards. And there's no way in hell he's going to be the leading scorer in the tournament. And we this segment started. With uh, with the mockery of Canada's national basketball team, well, who's laughing now, Matthias? Although I will say, I know you've always believed in them. They they are a scary team right now. They set a FIBA record for most assists. Like they are destroying teams. They murdered France. They destroyed Lebanon, and now they play Latvia for first place in the group. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Max Verstappen wins the Dutch Grand Prix. Ninth consecutive win. It really is getting crazy. And you know what? Well, you know what's amazing about it, too, is, number one, there is a cap in this stuff. So it's not like Red Bull is spending way much more money than everybody else. Now, I know people in the Formula One world have accused Red Bull of cheating all the time and that they, they find ways and all this. Well... Everybody can find ways, and Mercedes isn't, Ferrari isn't, Williams, you know, we go down the list, right? Everybody else can't, but, you know, everyone else doesn't. But a lot of these races have been in the rain. 
which anything can happen. Formula One are pretty hardcore, man. They race in some hardcore conditions. They don't shut it down. You figure NASCAR would be the ones that would be like more hardcore. Ah, no, don't worry, it's only raining a little bit. Formula One are like, they really race in the rain a lot, and Verstappen keeps winning in the rain. So he wins on dry tracks. He wins on wet tracks. He wins under every circumstance. And I think we're getting to the point where it's fair to start talking. And I, I talked about it before the, the break, actually. You know, it's, it's boom, F1's back. They were off, right, for the month. So they're back. But they're undefeated on the season, Red Bull, still. They're, they haven't lost a race. No one's ever ran the table before. 15 and 1. There used to be 16. There used to be a different amount of races over the years. The best the best season was 15 and 1. They're still undefeated uh, right now. Can they run the table which actually will bring some drama to the Vegas race if they can get that far. Because I you know I know people in Vegas are like, "Well, oh, there's no drama. They dominate the championships already going to be won." Like, yeah, the 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 overall championship is won by Red Bull already essentially. That's a fact. But imagine the drama of Verstappen racing in Vegas for the first time. Formula 1 there and, you know, there's one it's the second to last race of the season. All right, we went over all of our FIBA World Cup overnight uh, picks. I'll post them on Twitter X. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.